Hi, this is Alina and Megan, and you're listening to Move Your Brain, Move Your Body podcast, where we dive into all things health, wellness, and fitness. We are two certified athletic trainers, personal trainers, and nutrition coaches who met and graduated together from the University of Arkansas. And we want to do this podcast to spread our joy about treating our bodies well through nutrition, exercise, and knowledge. Today on the podcast, we welcome guest Joe Rinaldi. Joe is a physical therapist and performance coach based out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. In addition to helping people meet their physical goals, he has a passion for encouraging and guiding people through struggle toward their strengths. I met Joe through Instagram. Actually, first I found his blog because I was actually looking up advice for students when looking for clinical sites. And I discovered Instagram through his blog. And he is just one of the most inspirational and just great down-to-earth people that I've ever come across. So I'm really, really excited to share this interview with you guys, and I hope you enjoy. All right. Today on the podcast, we have physical therapist Joe Rinaldi. Joe, welcome to the show. Megan, Alina, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah, we are too. So tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Sure. So I'm a 27-year-old doctor of physical therapy. I live and work in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and uh, my wife, who is also a physical therapist, works in Philadelphia as well. So I guess the most important thing to know about me is just that the biggest struggle in my life is also like the best thing that's ever happened to me. And it defines a lot of what I do. And so I have a condition called best disease and I've been losing my eyesight slowly over the past 17 years. It's a progressive disease that eventually heads toward blindness. And, you know, it was once a really big burden for me and now it's a really big blessing. And I think Everything from my professional practice to my personal life and relationships, it's benefited me in some way, shape, or form, and I'd love to talk more about that, but that's like, that's who I am, is like Joe Rinaldi, the guy who loves the fact that he's like losing his sight. Yeah. Yeah. Can you go more into that? Because I'm fascinated in this right now. Yeah. So when I was 10, I woke up one morning and just like couldn't see out of my right eye. It was a big shock. And so we found out after seeing a bunch of specialists that I have this condition. It's uh, inherited and it's, you know, there's no cure. It's progressive. So I'll lose like chunks of my sight. It's very sporadic. I'll go periods of, you know, months to years with very stable sight. And then all of a sudden I'll have like what I call an episode. And so what happens is There are blood vessels that grow behind my retina that shouldn't be there. And every once in a while, for whatever reason, one of them will leak and bleed. And that blood acts as an irritant to the support cells behind the retinal layer. And those cells will die. And then also, if I'm losing retinal cells, I'm also losing sight along with that. Mm. And so in the past, I've had laser surgeries. And now the new treatment, the cutting edge treatment, is actually an injection of a chemotherapy drug, like directly into the eye. And so when I have a flare up or an episode, they can stop it, but I'll always lose some sight and it'll never come back. So essentially I'm, I'm legally blind in my right eye. My left eye is like, okay, maybe it's like 20, 40, but with both eyes open, it's enough to function and read and drive and do all those things. For most of my life, I really looked at it as a negative. I felt sorry for myself. I felt like nobody could understand me. I felt really alone and just disadvantaged. And then I went to PT school. And before I went to PT school, I had a big episode. I lost a lot of sight. And I was really like, it was like the worst two weeks of my life. Like I was really down, hopeless, anxious, uncertain. And my parents talked me 
into going to school. And they said, you know, you can't let the what ifs of life stop you from pursuing things. And so I went to school. And to be honest, that first year of school was really hard. I was depressed. I felt alone. I was, you know, on the outside, things looked great. But on the inside, like life is falling apart. And then I started spending time with this girl and we spent more and more time together and I started feeling better and better about myself. And to make a long story short, that girl is now my wife. And like the hardest, longest journey of my life to get to PT school was actually like the best thing that ever happened to me. And I almost didn't go because of my eyes. And so I look back and I realize, like in hindsight, everything in my life has happened for a reason. And at least that's how I like to view it. And so really I view my eyesight as like such a big blessing because it's led me to where I am today. And it's given me all these skills and this perspective and just these opportunities to encourage people and empathize with people. And that spills into physical therapy and other realms of life. So honestly, it's like, it's a big plus and, you know, I wouldn't wish it upon anybody, but I, I don't mind. That's awesome. What I a mean, way to take something tough and like become resilient. Like yeah. that's just all I have to say from that. Well, and just as a physical therapist, like I think it can be really, I mean, I don't want to say it's easy to become like, a, you know, a movement expert or be able to recognize like what someone needs to fix physically, but it's uh, being able to like get inside that person and like help them feel like there's hope and get them to the point of where they want to be without like, you know, people, you're working with people with disabilities, quote unquote, all the time. And I mean, yeah. you technically have a disability. So I'm <laughs> sure that it's, I mean, pretty amazing. Like buy-in sounds to like cheap, like salesy, but it's like, really, I mean, like they yeah. probably trust you yeah. automatically. I mean, and I would obviously. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about like your business and just kind of how you, so obviously you, I've read some of your blog posts. That's actually how I found you initially. I actually, cool. I don't know if it was like on Instagram or what, but I read one of your blog posts and it was like, what I wish I would have known during my clinicals. Yeah. Oh, I think actually, I think I just Googled that. I don't even think oh, it was cool. on Instagram. I wow, think it was I'm on Google. I, think, on because I was like trying to, we're like asked to put, make like wish lists for our wow. clinicals, which like originally I wasn't gonna have to move anywhere. And now it's like, yeah, you're gonna have to move no matter what. So I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> let's just find the best place then. So yeah, that's how I found you. So tell us a little bit about just your practice and like how you work. Yeah, so I do a bunch of different things. I work full-time as a physical therapist at an outpatient clinic here in Philadelphia. So that's like 40, 45 hours a week. It's private practice, not my practice. You know, I work at this practice. Outside of that, I do a lot of online performance coaching. I don't like, I don't know what to call it, to be honest, but like, I hate that like everybody and their brother is doing like online coaching. But, you know, so I help people with strength goals, endurance goals, really life goals and mindset goals. So I do all of that. I write quite a bit. So I have a blog, I have a newsletter I send out every week. And I just started a YouTube channel today. So today will I be the first that. video. Yeah. And um, Ooh, so we can link to it. Yay. Oh, so exciting. <laughs> and yeah, so I really do a bunch of different things. But yeah, I spend the large majority of my time working with people in the clinic, you know, hands on face to face, and then, you know, communicating with clients and guiding them through various things online. Well, so do you see yourself having your own practice someday? Like, is that a goal ultimately? Yeah, ultimately the goal is to work for myself. I've gone back and forth. I think there are great things about physical therapy and great things about healthcare in general, but there are a lot of things that are like kind of crappy. 
And working in an outpatient clinic that's insurance-based for the past two years has really, yeah, big thumbs down, right? And <laughs> it's like, you know, it's nothing against, like nothing against the people that I work with, nothing against the patients, like nothing. It's just the system, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's really hard to make money as a business when reimbursement's going down and you're bound by all these rules and limitations. And so I'm really fed up with that. But at the same time, if you go cash-based, then you are just exposing yourself to a market that is very well off. And you kind of neglect the people that might need help but can't afford it. And so there's this balance that I would love to find somewhere down the road. And then to take it a step further, I see physical therapy and, you know, what do you want to call it, personal training or physical training or fitness? It's a continuum. Mm. And I like working both ends of that continuum. And I feel very bound by my current clinic to just stay within the physical therapy realm. And I want to explore the whole thing. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm obviously still in school, but that's exactly how I feel too, because I, my boyfriend is a physical therapist. He works for same kind of clinic that you do. And he's, he's an awesome PT. And like, I know he's feeling the same, the same strain, like obviously job security is great. And like with PT, there will always be job security, but like, it's just, you feel so like insurance is literally dictating how you care for people. And like, it's just, it's shitty. And it's the rest of medicine's the same way. Anything insurance-based in medicine. I mean, if you're going to have an $80,000 surgery, if that's even a thing, like obviously it's handy to have insurance, but like everyone else, like for the most part, but I think that's where like what you were saying, like there's a continuum and just having that sort of more of a community-based, like education-based, like get everybody on all spectrums, well, like a wellness model kind of like, you know, that, and actually my program, so I go to Baylor and one of the things, I don't know if you had this in your physical therapy program, but they were talking about like an, you know, an annual physical therapy visit, kind of like you do like an annual, just general practitioner doctor's visit, which I mean, again, that's more of an insurance-based thing. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you want your patients to know you as like someone that's a a part of their life if they need you. You know, most people, I think, I think the problem is twofold. Like insurance, obviously, is an issue, but also like people don't know what the hell PTs do. Like I was talking to a guy, he reached out to me on Instagram and he was like, I really want to be able to do some of the stuff that you're posting, but like, I'm just dealing with this sciatica, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh, are you like seeing a PT or anything like that? Like, have you changed any like movement patterns or anything? And he was like, I see a licensed massage therapist. I'm like, okay, well, that's great. But that's like, <laughs> literally you're like filling up your gas tank and there's a hole in it. Like, yep. hello, you're not going to be able to go very far with that at all. And he's like, I see a chiropractor too. And I was like, okay, well, depending on what your chiropractor is doing, like, <laughs> if they're not changing how you move, like I guarantee you, like your tightness isn't like the reason you're in pain. It's like, I don't know. Anyway, I'm yeah. sure obviously we're all through on the same page with that. But I think part of the problem is just society doesn't really know. Yeah. It's so, true. Alina, yeah. what's your background, by the way? So I'm a, like Megan, I'm an ATC, certified cool. athletic trainer. So I went to University of Arkansas, studied that there. And I am working currently, I'm studying PRI, postural restoration. Yeah. And so I work as an ATC, sort of more <laughs> like a movement coach, because I yeah. don't work officially for a team, but I do work with a lot of athletes. Yeah. But I'm not just centered to the athletic population. Yeah. yeah. So I really love working with anybody and I'm kind of the same way. Like I use my strength and conditioning side or my movement side. And then I also really, I love the rehab aspect too. Mm. So, and lately I'm doing more, I think rehab stuff, but a lot of stuff is virtual. So it's also just tough. Like we've had so many PTs on this. We were telling you before, and a lot of PTs say the exact same thing you just said, like, Hey, the, you know, clinic is kind of difficult. Not working cash based is difficult for your lifestyle, but mm-hmm. you don't want to like shut yourself off to the world and only take, you know, cash base where it's yeah. really only 
towards a certain type of person who has the money to pay for it. So it's tough. And I've toyed with the idea of going back to school too, like PT school, but I don't know. That's a road. It's tough. Oh yeah. What do you have, Megan? Oh, it's kind of off topic, but. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so you work out a lot. Have you always worked out a lot? Like what got you into that? What do you do specifically? Like, is there anything that you like specifically trained, like because of your vision or. Hmm. That's a great question. Well, I don't know when it started, but I like have pictures of myself as a five-year-old, like skin and bones, like making like muscles, you know, in family photos. Like I just like was part of me. Like I'd, I was the six-year-old doing like five push-ups a night, like that kind of thing. So yeah, I just always loved it. And I think what I love about exercise, like not only their physical benefits, but there's so many mental benefits. And I think I've just learned so much about myself in the gym and just through movement. And it's crazy. Like, you know, you can hit physical limits and those are also mental limits Mm -hmm. and you can grow through those like in a physical sense. So I love that. I found community and fitness and in the gym, do I train for anything specific because of my eyes? That's such a great question that I've never thought of. So the answer is no. I wonder now if I should. (laughs) Well, I'm just thinking like vestibular stuff or like, Hmm. because you're limited in some, like, I don't know, like you would, I mean, I'm I'm in PT school. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about anyway, but if you're, if a person has, you know, poor, yeah. Or visual input, then maybe you, maybe I your mean, other sensory systems have picked up is what I'm Yeah. Of. I'm 27. So I haven't noticed like that, but you're right. Like I'm sure when I'm like 60 and my balance is already like kind of going, like I'm going to yeah. be falling all over the place. <laughs> I, that's what I was going to ask you. I was going to say, you said you had like an episode right before PT school. When you mm-hmm. have episodes, yeah. do you notice a change in your like perception or your spatial awareness anyway yeah yeah no it's such a great question I think I notice when they come on I more so like feel that something's off because it happens so gradually it's hard for me to tell right away because my vision's already distorted so like you're just adding distortion to distortion so I definitely like feel maybe like a little spatially off but it's really hard to pinpoint I think my depth perception is not good so like catching the baseball is hard yeah So I read Incognito, which Mm. I don't know if you've heard of it, David Engelman, Mm. and he talks a lot about senses. Mm. It's called The Secret Lives of the Brain. It's a great book. And he talks a lot about, it's amazing. I was like super into it. He just talks a lot about senses and a lot of our brain is devoted to vision. But people that don't have like optimal vision use their other senses very differently. And you can actually, they're like, doing experiments where you can like kind of see through your other senses. It's wild. You'd like this book and okay, our I'll audience would like it too. Incognito? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's good. I'd just be interested in your perspective on it. Or if you have anything that you could relate to like actually being a person who is losing their vision. Yeah. From a physical sense, like I don't feel like my hearing is better or my smell or touch is better. I do feel like I've, gained things mostly like perspective honestly I mean like when you wake up and you're not sure whether or not you're still going to have the same sight you had when you went to bed like you understand and feel a whole new level of gratitude for things so I think it's more those things in my life that like I feel like I've grown up really fast and like I was always like the 15 year old who acted like a 50 year old you know like that's just me and I think my eyes have sped up that process because I've been forced to answer a lot of tough questions for myself. And, but yeah, in a physical sense, I don't know if I've noticed anything yet, but maybe someday I will. Yeah. Read that book. Then let me know. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, what, yeah. what you feel about it. As for exercise, what Megan was saying, I think that'd be also a really cool experiment. Yeah, I might add some stuff in, uh, maybe some vestibular stuff. Megan, I mean, you're in school. You're probably like fresher on that stuff than I am. Because honestly, like when you're two years, two and a half years out of school, like you forget a lot, you know, yeah, if you don't use no, it. So. That's what I've heard. Every time I'm like, hey, Chaz, can you help me with this? He's like, I don't remember that. I'm like, oh, great. Okay, well, I guess you remember it for the test and you, you know, unless you use it with your patients. Unless you use it, yeah. Yeah, I'm in neuro right now. And it's honestly like, it's insane. Like how many little things there are that can possibly go wrong and that yep. we're functioning and that we're pretty damn close to perfect, no matter yep. how unperfect you are as far as like, just, I don't know, it's mind blowing, honestly. And it just gives me such an appreciation for just anyone that's got any kind of like neurological issues, but also just the problem solving aspect is just, it's so exciting. Like last semester was more, you know, like hard sciences, like we had a lot of anatomy and physiology and stuff, which I really like, but it's cool to like have more clinically applicable stuff now. So if you're in like a, just a general outpatient clinic, are you working with a certain population mostly, or is it a pretty good mix? You know what? I think it's a pretty good mix. Mostly we see what any outpatient clinic would see. So like, you know, a lot of low back pain, a lot of knee, hip, some shoulder replacement, stuff like that. People ask me all the time if I, my favorite patient is like the athlete. And if you asked like Joe in PT school, he would have said like, yeah, I only want to work with athletes. But honestly, like some of my favorite patients are like the 90 year olds who like still play golf and all they want to do is like go out and play like nine holes with their buddies. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. As long as you're willing to work hard, you're my favorite patient, you know? Yeah. It's so that they have good stories. Oh my goodness. You learn some crazy things from people. Yeah. 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 Really good stories. <laughs> yeah. No, I love geriatric i was gonna say old people but that's yeah. um, i love the geriatric population too yeah i kind of answer the same question like i'm like i really like athletes but i also like to like just work with people that want to move better you know yeah. so let's talk a little bit about your podcast i haven't actually listened to any episodes yet mostly because i don't ever listen to podcasts anymore because <laughs> cool you know but before school i listen to them constantly so tell us about your podcast Sure. So it's called The Pursuit Podcast. I co-host it with my friend, Sam Tooley, who I know from childhood, just through high school and stuff like that. The whole idea, you know, both of us, between me and my eyes, him and his past, which I'll let him tell another time, but we've both been through some tough stuff and we both come out of it with a similar perspective on life. And so it's called The Pursuit Podcast because it's really about pursuing the best version of yourself, kind of despite anything else that's going on around you. So we have on guests who have gone through difficult things, who are pursuing like incredible physical feats, really cool personal and professional goals, started companies, like parents, really anybody who's pursuing something and is really dedicated to it. And so like the big question on the podcast is like, what are you pursuing? And uh, it's crazy. Like when you ask that question, some people take it really literally and will answer, you know, like I want to run a marathon at this pace, like at the end of the year. And some people will take it in a totally different direction and talk about just like in life, who they want to become like 50, 60, 70 years down the road. And so really that's what the podcast is about. And I'm sure as you guys know from this podcast, you just like meet incredible people and you get so much out of it. Like just these conversations are awesome. Yeah. yeah there's something special about like hosting somebody on your podcast and like connecting with them and then being able to network. And yeah. I love that question though. Like, what yeah. are you pursuing? I love it. That's awesome. It's brilliant. Can I put you guys can... on the spot? Yeah. Can I put you on the spot? Yeah, I can answer. You want me to go first you, or, or you third? You first. All right. 
So I think, you know, for me, and I think about this very frequently, not just because of the podcast, but you know, like everything I do from getting up super early in the morning, like I'm one of those freaks who takes cold showers on purpose. Like every single thing that I do is really to pursue the best version of myself because I know the things that I do in private, as well as the things I do in public are, are affecting the person I become tomorrow, the next day, the next day. And that person is going to affect and impact the people around him. So really like when I get up at four in the morning and my alarm goes off and I don't want to get up, I get up because I know one day I'm going to have the credibility to tell my son, you know, like I've been there. I've been disciplined, I've been committed, and this is what it's got me, this is what it's taught me, and I just want to be able to show up for people. So, like, really everything I do is focused around, like, the impact it's going to have down the road on other people. So, whether it's, like, a personal goal or a professional goal or a fitness goal, I'm really keeping that in the back of my head. Like, I'm pursuing this so that I could one day be the best, like, husband, the best father, the best friend that anybody could ask for. I love that. You're doing yeah, a good job so far. Like I just, <laughs> I feel good just being around in your virtual oh. presence. So that's thank you. Good job. Yeah. Thank you. What about you that's guys? Awesome. It's hard when you get put on the spot because yeah. like I've thought about this quite a bit. Yeah. yeah I'll, of course. I'll, go, I'll go first. Because okay. I, I feel like it's funny because like for myself, like I, I don't want to say I'm a perfectionist, but I'm definitely like a, if you're not giving 100%, you're going to feel like shittest. So mm-hmm. I have an issue with like not giving 100% effort with things. Like, I don't know. I had two tests every Friday, this program. And if I like get an okay grade, but I like worked my ass off, I'm okay with it. What if I get an okay grade and I like know I could have put a little more effort then I'm like pissed. So Mm. with that, with myself, I just try to stay like present and giving 100%. But ultimately I think my biggest goal, especially as a PT and like as a coach is I always been kind of a gross minded person. Like I'm like fixed and like, oh, bad or good, or like, oh, you're a failure. Like I'm always like willing to try and put myself out there, or at least I try to be. And I want to give other people that, like, Mm -hmm. I want other people to feel strong and confident and proud of themselves. Like no matter kind of where they're at, like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people just like are kind of lost or they feel lost in their own body. Like that's Mm -hmm. the biggest thing for me. Cause like through exercise, like you, like, I just love it. Like it's meditation for me. Like people are like, how do you do that every day? Like, I don't know. It's like literally the only time I could turn my brain off and like just be in myself, in my body. It's like meditation. And I want to help bring that to other people. And I know that a lot of people don't do it because they're in pain or they don't like how they look or they don't feel good or they just like don't really know where to start. So I'm pursuing lifting others up I guess that'd be kind of a a way of saying all of that which was really long but I feel like that's kind of what I feel driven by yeah I love that oh man we got to have you on the podcast cool all right Alina what what do you got mine's like completely different mine's just gonna be I feel like my whole life I've had these like goals right and I've had definitely had these major obstacles for my goals and at this point in my life I have this goal of like making my career the way that I want it to be and giving myself this life of just being comfortable. I don't need to be really wealthy. I just want to be comfortable and be happy and healthy. And I'm setting, I've set myself up since I'm young to do these things. And I'm at the point where I'm fueled by my clients. 
I'm fueled by what I'm doing. I love my job and I have such passion for what I'm learning that like, I'm just in pursuit of continuing on this journey of learning and growing. And everything that happens along the way is just going to happen. Like marriage, whatever, all that stuff, it'll happen. But that's not like, I'm not in pursuit of that, but I'm in pursuit of growing and learning. And I think earlier in my life, I had these obstacles that really didn't allow me to necessarily do it the way I wanted to. And now I can. So I'm just going to keep growing. That's really cool. (laughs) I love that. I think yeah, the work-life balance and like not just balancing it, but like really intentionally creating it to be the way that you want Mm -hmm. it to be is so powerful. So Yeah. 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 For me, it's like just being confident in my own abilities too. Like you have these obstacles that took me a lot to like move forward and I was never really that confident. And now I honestly, I don't care. And I'm just like (laughs) super confident. I know like stuff. I know I'm learning. I'm never a hundred percent right, but I think I see things pretty clearly with today's society, with just life, the things I'm learning. And I don't care what other people's opinions really are of me anymore. And I'm just going to do me and like, just keep going. I love it. So Joe, I had a question for you because I also wake up very early in the morning and I think it's, I mean, I'm just a morning person, just like, you know, my chronotype or whatever, if that's a real thing. But also I used to have to wake up really early when I was younger. So I think I'm just used to it. Plus I just, there's something about being awake before like the day has actually started. That just makes me feel like at ease. I don't know what it is, but so I'm in school and I tend to like overload my plate with, you know, leadership things and working and just all the things, you know, cause I'm passionate <laughs> about a lot of things, but I've been trying lately, like whenever I feel, start to feel like overwhelmed, which is, I don't want to say super often, but like sometimes I'm just like, oh my God, I have so much stuff. Why did I do yeah. this to myself? Is to just be grateful. Be like, hey, like, first of all, you can handle the shit. Second of all, yep. like, be grateful that you have been given these opportunities or be grateful that, you know, these people are depending on you and they believe in you for this reason or that you believe in yourself or that you're putting yourself through hard things. Because if I flip it and I'm like not doing something that's challenging or I'm like staying in my safe space, yeah, like you're okay. You're kind of like, you know, chilling and neutral, but you're not going to get anywhere with it. You're not going to grow. You're not going to be challenged. So talk to us a little bit about like just I mean, you do a lot. I can tell. So tell us a little bit about, do you ever get overwhelmed? Why are you like that? What is wrong with you? No, just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, my wife would like to know the same answer, the same question. Yeah, I get up super early, but yeah, I also do a lot. And I could read, like a lot of what you said resonates with me, Megan. I was always that way. So like I was a kid in high school who started a club and played two sports and like did everything. The same thing in college, same thing in grad school, same thing now. And I think what I've learned are a couple things, like there are seasons in life. And at least in my experience, like I'll look back and realize like there's some seasons that are crazy, busy, crazy, overwhelming, and like things happen, but they're temporary. And then a different season comes and that season might be like a restful season, a season to kind of recharge and regroup and reprioritize. And right now I'm in another busy season. And for me, like when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I really think of like two main things. And I was just talking to my wife and on a previous podcast about this, but like when you feel overwhelmed or you feel uncomfortable or you feel anxious about a decision or a change, a lot of times, like that's probably a hint that like it's a good thing or it's important. Like you're pushing the boundaries of what you're trying, of what you're able to do or like your opportunities. And that feeling of tension is a good thing. It means you're trying to break through something that's not yet, you know, it's a barrier, but you're trying to break through it. So I don't know if that made any sense at all, but yeah, good yeah. sense. Okay. Totally resonated. 
Thank you. So, yeah. I, I feel better about a lot of things in my Good. life right now. Yeah, no, like, and again, there's seasons. Like, to live in that state forever, I don't think is probably good for anybody. Mm-hmm. But when you're pushing the limit and you're pushing the envelope and trying to get better and trying to pursue things, it's okay to be super busy and to feel overwhelmed. I think the other thing that helps me is just to realize, like, everybody on this planet has felt every emotion at some point at one time or another. So like you look at the president of the United States to like professional athletes to you, you, me and Alina and everybody in between, like we have all felt overwhelmed at one time or another. And that's a human experience, but the difference between people is how they react to that. And so like, you need to be able to like accept it, acknowledge it and then move on and just do the next right thing and for me it's all about the next right thing and so if I have like a full plate one day and I feel totally overwhelmed I'll just try my best to be what do you have there to-do list a to-do list there you go yeah I'll just knock it off and be full try to be fully present at that time and just do the next right thing and before you know it you're through it and it was a great day and you have like good conversations and great experiences and you know I think that helps me 100% and not being overwhelmed with like what like living in the past or living in the future are both not ideal for like the current whatever you're doing thing so even if you have a ton of things to do on your to-do list like just focus on one and just chip away at it I don't know sometimes this might be weird but sometimes I write a to-do list and I write a couple things that I've like already done so that I can just (laughs) cross them (laughs) off and be like all right look at that we're already making progress look at this I love that you know, you know, one of the things, uh, actually one of my clients told me this, I had never heard it before, but one of her goals for the day was to be more present and her actionable step was to every hour on the hour, set an alarm and listen for the air conditioning unit. So like just to be still and quiet enough and like actually hear that background noise that we always tune out. And now I do that all the time. Like if I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'll just like try to be still or quiet enough to like hear that background noise that my brain is always tuning out and it brings me back. And uh, I just thought if anybody's listening, like that's a, it's a pretty cool trick to try and do. Yeah, that's That's really actionable too. I love that. Question for you. What did you study in undergrad? So I first went to Bucknell University and I was a molecular biology major and I thought I really wanted to do research and work in a lab and like be all scientist-y. Now you're a PT. Now I'm a PT, but the reason is, right, I did research my sophomore year. We were looking at my professor's interest was chicken eggs. So we looked at chicken eggs. We had 200 chicken eggs injected 100 with testosterone, 100 with saline. We hatched them and I took care of them every morning for six weeks, like fed all 200 of them, gave them water, weighed every single one of them. Like I got to know them seriously. And at the end of six weeks, we put them all down and dissected all their organs and ran all these tests. And after a whole year, we found nothing. And I was like, I literally just spent an entire year with chickens and by myself in a lab and I want to be around people. And then that kickstarted my thought process about how I could utilize my strengths and my desires to help other people. And that led me to yeah, study exercise science and become a PT. That was not <laughs> the direction I thought that story was going to go. <laughs> Damn. It just um, shows you how life moves, though. Yeah. I do have a question, yeah. actually. So one of my classmates and I are starting a journal club in my class, which, I mean, we have 
so there's 94 people in my class, which is massive. I know okay. it's hybrid. So like, okay. we're not like in classrooms together. We travel to Waco every other month, but yeah, so it's big. And of course there are only like probably 15 or 16 of us that are like actually interested. Cause I mean, everyone's busy. I totally get it. Like no one's nerdy like me, but are you interested in like pursuing research anymore at all? Like, do you have any? You know what? I think if I didn't have all these other things going on, I probably would have some interest. It would have to be like a very specific kind of research, but honestly, I don't see that being part of my future just because of like everything else that I'm so passionate about. Is that something you're interested in, Megan? I don't know. I mean, I interested just from like a, like, I guess I kind of realized like PT doesn't really have, it's hard to have definitive, like this works, this doesn't work, but I don't know if that's even possible, yeah. honestly, because it's so pain is the biggest reason that people have PT and pain is so like multidimensional and personal and situational. Yeah. So I don't know, it's difficult, but as far as like seeing myself doing it, like within a clinic, I mean, I don't know, maybe, yeah. but I also yeah. would rather pursue more of like we were talking about earlier, like a spectrum type yeah. model where I'm working with people, like whether they want to be stronger or get better from pain, which is the same yeah. thing pretty much. But yeah. You know what's interesting? I like one of the biggest reasons I wanted to go into PT was to be able to like meet people who didn't feel like themselves. Like we're in a vulnerable place. Mm -hmm. We're just really down and just help guide them kind of slowly and walk with them really toward where they wanted to be. And one of the problems, one of the other problems I have with the outpatient insurance-based model is that you just simply don't have the time and like mental bandwidth to give all your attention to one person for enough time, at least not in my experience. And so like, as you were talking, I was kind of thinking, and one of the things that I really think is interesting is that where people come in for pain, but what I try to do is understand like, what is the layer beneath that? Cause like, obviously like everybody can tolerate a certain level of pain. Like mm -hmm. I could probably tolerate X amount of pain if it didn't stop me from being who I am. But I feel like people get to that point where their pain or their injury or their diagnosis is interfering with their identity. And that's probably what brought them into PT, mm -hmm. at least in a lot of cases. And so like the one question I'll always ask to start an evaluation is tell me something about you completely not related to physical therapy. And first, like people are taken back, like nobody expects that. And then the second thing that happens is 99 times out of 100, it comes back full circle and they'll talk in a oh, circle, right. right? And it's like, that's the thing that they care about is the thing that is actually bringing them to PT. And I just think it's like, it's funny how that happens all the time. Yeah, no, yeah. and just the fear and like the, the unknown. I think that's the biggest yeah. thing is like, people are like, oh my God, is this the end? Am I always going to feel like this? Like, am I never going to be able to squat again? Or am I never going to be able to like put on my seatbelt again? You know, people are like yeah. fearful of their body, of their house, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I think that's so amazing. I'm going to start doing that when I, it's, you know, have my own patients. Yeah. And just be aware people like to talk sometimes. So you might have to reel it back in every now and then. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, I mean, ultimately I'd love to be in a place where I can spend yeah. a lot of time with each yeah. patient. I have a good example. Yeah. I actually like exactly what, in my opinion, is wrong with the insurance-based model or one of the things, but right. I had an eval come in. I was lucky enough where it was my only slot for the whole hour. So I had time. It was last patient of the day. <laughs> And so they come in, they have neck pain and I sit down with them and I ask them that question that I just said, and they start crying. And so now I'm like, I'm really like zoned in on them and I'm like trying to figure out what's wrong. 
and they're telling me about their cat. One of their two cats passed away a month ago and their other two cat has uh, cancer and just passed away like a week ago or whatever it is, a couple days. And they're just distraught. Like they talked and cried and vented and whatever for like the whole hour. And I literally didn't get to ask them one question about their neck. I didn't measure a single thing. I had nothing to document for insurance purposes. And after kind of consulting with my clinic director and whatnot, like we realized like I couldn't bill for that visit. And like as a clinic, that stinks to have a whole hour where you didn't bring in any money, but there was a patient there. But in my experience and now in hindsight, that laid the foundation for, first of all, understanding her stress actually was playing a big role in her neck pain. And two, I built a relationship with her that ended up creating like an awesome rapport that lasted the whole plan of care. And she got way better. So like that initial investment in the person and not yeah. the problem ended up being so valuable, but it doesn't get rewarded in the insurance-based model. So yeah. it's another problem I have. Yeah. Well, she's going to send you all of her friends. <laughs> she Honestly, will. She'll be like, this guy's the best. Like he'll just listen to you talking about your cat. <laughs> Yeah, that's amazing. But like, honestly, I mean, I don't know if you believe in karma, or mm -hmm. even if you don't, like, it's just good things happen to good people. Yeah, you know, even though you're obviously on that insurance based grind, because I live with someone that's in the same grind, and he's doing notes right now, it's Sunday. But yeah, it will pay off because you will stand out in that model because not everyone can keep their integrity with who they are in that model. Cause I feel like the system just like, it almost like jades you. Like, I mean, I know I'm saying that as someone who's not even in it, but like, I've seen it, you know, and it's really a bummer, but it's the same across all medicine. I feel like it's, or I mean, a lot of jobs, teachers, like just yeah. a lot of jobs, like you lose your passion and the reason that you, the why that you wanted to become that, because there's a lot of shitty stuff that goes on too. Yeah. So that's awesome. I'm happy for all of your patients and all of oh, your future thanks. patients. So I asked about what you majored in because yeah. I was kind of interested because you are like such a mindset guy. Like you are all about mindset. And that's also what they probably, and I'm sure makes you stand out in the clinic because not everybody has a mindset like you do. Mm -hmm. And yes, your eyes for sure, I think probably help stem that whole growth for you. But what do you think, like, that's my guess. What is your guess on why are you such a mindset guy? How did yeah. you become this way? Well, first of all, thank you. And second of all, yeah, I, I think my eyes really sparked it. But honestly, like, I just... It's funny, like, you know, when you get advice from your parents and you're a kid and you don't want to listen because they're your yeah, parents, sure. but like, it really is good advice because like mm -hmm. they have life experience. Like, Always. I, yeah, right. <laughs> it's like without fail. But I started realizing at some point that like, if I just listened to other people and like stopped like trying to like talk or stop trying to like rebel or stop trying and I just listened and absorbed and that, that's one of the reasons I love to read is because like you could get someone's life experience like 30 40 50 years condensed into a couple minutes or a book or a podcast and you could if you trust that person you can take those things to heart and then you start acting that way and living that way and then you are just so much more ahead like you're wiser you're I don't even know what the words are, but like you can gain years of life experience, in my opinion, from truly trusting and then living out other people's life experience. So I feel like, I don't know, it just seems like such low hanging fruit, like just to be the best version of yourself, like listen to other people who you trust and then just act on it. Yeah, you know? yeah that's a great answer. With, surround yeah. yourself with people that you trust and admire. 
Yeah. So that's definitely. who you end up being anyway. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. You know what? On that note though, yeah. the one person that we all spend the most time with that none of us put in that equation, right? Yeah. is the person <laughs> between our ears. And like, I have a client right now who like just has such a, a habit of negative self-talk. And like, mm-hmm. we had that conversation about like being a good friend to yourself. Yes. And it's something like, I feel so bad that more people aren't their best friends, like their biggest cheerleaders. Like it's just, I mean, like, can you imagine spending all of your time with someone who just constantly brought you down? Yeah. Like, uh, so I try to instill that in the people that I work with. And that's a battle sometimes too. Yeah. I no, think sadly, most people are like that. Yeah, 100%. And that's kind of like what I was talking about earlier. Like you just said it a lot more concisely. Like I want people to, and I mean, for a lot of people that I've worked with, like taking ownership of their body, but yeah. also just loving their body and doing good things for it that like I'm sorry but I don't think there's any argument that exercise and good nutrition and like sleep are good for your body hopefully there isn't anyway and it's just it builds confidence and it builds like respect for yourself and if you mm-hmm. have respect for yourself it emanates right. in you is that a word why do I feel like that's another word no emulate is like to imitate imitate anyway you have an aura of self-respect and I think that that helps other people around you feel better about themselves. You know, I have friends that, and I don't know if this is like a female thing or what, but they tend to be female where they just like are constantly just like, you know, putting themselves down or like doubting themselves. And I just, it sucks. Cause I mean, I doubt myself all the time, but I'm like, well, you can sit here and wallow or you can like try to be better or like ask for help. You know, I'm not really good about asking for help to be honest, yeah. but it is, it's so hard. It's really difficult, but I'm trying to get better at it and trying to get better at like admitting when I'm like feeling overwhelmed and just like still working, yeah. you know, you can still work on it. You can be overwhelmed. You can be having a hard time, but as long as you don't quit, that's yeah. kind of where it's at. And it's like, it's, you said it a couple of times, but it's that and mindset, like you can be overwhelmed and confident you can be like down and whatever else like you can feel two opposing emotions or feelings at the same time like that's Mm -hmm. very possible and I think normal but like I think it's you know it goes back to being overwhelmed and just doing the next right thing like believing in yourself and trusting the process it's okay to admit that you feel overwhelmed like that's more than okay I think that's actually healthy at times to admit and ask for help, but also to continue moving forward. Like, and, you know, I think, and is such a powerful word. Yeah. And just taking action. So a couple other questions for you that I am so excited to ask you actually. So we asked this about to all of our guests, what is something that you do every day to move your brain, move your body or both? Also doesn't have to be every day. Could be some days. I do these most days. Well, I read every single day and write, I read and write every single day in the morning. So I have time structured for that. So that's my brain. And then, yeah, I exercise, I'd say six days a week. I've learned that rest is important. And so I've like dialed down the intensity when needed and taken some rest days. But yeah, I love to wait lift. And I also I'm loving learning to love running and biking. So currently working toward my first triathlon. And awesome. yeah, so just I do both every single day. Cool. Do you want to do an Ironman? Is that a goal? One day. Yeah, that's the goal. That is so badass. I will never do one of those, but I admire people <laughs> that do them because that is hard. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, and then where can people find you? Sure. Yeah. People can find me probably Instagram's the best place. I'm super active. I respond to every message. And like, honestly, I like to say this at the end of podcast, if you're listening to this and you like are on the fence about reaching out or just introducing yourself, just do it. 
I promise I respond to everybody and I would love to hear from you. Like, I really, really mean that. So yeah, Instagram's the best place. He does. He responded to me. <laughs> I'm glad he did. And also, too. let me touch quickly on your Instagram. It is so clean. Like, I don't know what you're doing, but it looks so good. Your presence on Instagram, your Instagram needs to be out to like way more people because oh, first of all, your posts are amazing and you're just what it looks like it just you do a really good job I can tell you put work into it oh thank you so much you know at, that is really encouraging because sometimes I'll see a post of like you know somebody in a bathing suit and the caption is like a heart and a kissy oh, face and so. they, yeah. And they ha- yeah no but uh, I appreciate that a lot thank you yeah or yeah. like ones that just say something completely random like yeah. in the caption it's like what <laughs> okay yeah but thank no, you, yeah. Carolina. We're going to link your Instagram and make sure people can check it out as well. Cool. Thank so you. with your coaching, do you, I'm assuming, well, you have it linked in your Instagram, so I guess that's a good place to go, but you work yeah. with people all over, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have clients in Europe. Cool. I have clients in the Caribbean. I have clients in Bali is the furthest place. And that's wow. tough because of the time difference, but yeah, yeah, anywhere in the world, I'll work with you and yeah anybody like you could literally never have exercised in your life and i would love to work with you so cool really anybody. yeah awesome perfect thank What's you up? for coming on our show this is awesome it was yeah way thank you guys so like... much for having me our pleasure thank you we hope you enjoyed this episode of move your brain move your body podcast join in every week as we release new episodes subscribe or leave us a rating at apple Podcasts. If you have questions or topics to cover, please email moveyourbb at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at moveyourbb.